in Isaiah 9. I want to talk about that just a few minutes if you got time. Do you have time? Um, this presentation that the children made, it's uh, obviously it's, it's lovely, it's, it's beautiful in numerous ways and in the ways the children do it. But the big thing, is it true? the account they portrayed. Did it really happen? Is it true? And what, what difference does it make? What, how does it affect us, this account? Uh, you know as well as I that many people today, they don't believe this even happened. They, uh, they don't believe that Mary conceived without an earthly father. They don't believe that's possible. I like what one individual said. He said, if you, uh, the very first verse in the Bible, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you got no problem with that verse, you got no problem with the rest of the Bible. Right? If, if he is God, if he can do this, uh, if he can create stars and, and galaxies and planets and life, then he could certainly cause Mary to conceive, Amen. right, without uh, a human father. And he could uh, raise Jesus from the dead yes. after he, has, uh, he had died on the cross. And the two big days that are honored and celebrated Christianity... Christmas and what many call Easter, we call it Resurrection Sunday. But uh, why are these the two big days? Uh, first of all, I don't know of anything in the Word that tells us to celebrate a certain way on December 25th. Uh, and yet, there's nothing wrong with reminding ourselves that of the great gift that has been given to us. Amen. Hallelujah. And so uh, uh, celebration that we do about Christmas is celebration of the giving of the gift. And then Easter or Resurrection Sunday is celebration when the gift was sacrificed for us. The giving of the gift and the sacrificing of the gift. In Isaiah that they just quoted, Isaiah 9 and 6, I'm reading in the Amplified, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Everybody say given. Yeah. Given. Jesus is a gift. He is the gift. <laughs> capital T, capital G. The gift. In John 3.16, how many remember what that said? John 3.16, really, John 3.16 is the gospel in a verse. <laughs> One verse. For God so loved the world that he what? That he what? Gave. The greatest expression of love is giving. Now, that's not my idea. That's what you just read. 
Um, the greatest expression of love is giving. And the greater the gift, the greater the expression. Now, a gift is not trying to buy something from you. It's a free gift. You know, sometimes translators will add that word because that's the meaning of the word grace and the word gift. Grace is one of the biggest words in the Bible. And really, what grace is, is all that God has given. Freely given. For God so loved the world that what happened? He gave his only begotten son. We read other scriptures that tell us that since he has been given and raised from the dead, now he has become the firstborn of many brethren. Guess who those many brethren are? I'm looking at some of them. Hallelujah. But that wouldn't have been possible for you to be born again unless he had been given. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting life. Listen to the, uh, the Weymouth translation. It says, for so greatly did God love the world that he gave his only son that everyone who trusts in him may not perish but have the life of the ages. Life that goes on, in other words, age after age. For God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who trusts in him does not come up for judgment. Don't you like the way that that's Weymouth translation. He who trusts in him does not come up for judgment. He who does not trust has already received sentence because he, he has not his trust resting in the name of God's only son. One of the giant errors and mistakes that you will hear perpetuated is that we are all God's children and that, you know, we're all, everybody's finding God their own way and have to be faithful to their own truth and there are many ways to God. These are lies. You cannot believe the Bible and believe that. According to the scripture, there are not many ways to God. And everybody is not able to have their own version of the truth. It's either true or it's not. Regardless of what you, you believe about it or whether you don't. You believing it doesn't make it true. And there are not many ways to God. Uh, Jesus said, nobody comes to the Father except by me. Is that true? This is something we, we need to get settled. This is the biggest, the most significant decision you will ever make in your life and existence. And that is, who is Jesus the Christ? Is this account you saw the children portray, did it really happen? Is he miraculously born of a virgin? 
Did he go to the cross and pay the price for the sins of mankind? Was he raised from the dead? Is he alive right now? Is he coming back, King of kings and Lord of lords? What you decide about that determines whether you're lost or saved. It determines whether you go to heaven or hell. Now, that's not popular nowadays. People are like, ah, you know, everybody will be saved in the end. Says who? Where did you get that? From what? That's not what the Bible says. No. Thank God there's been a gift given. But in order for that, for you to benefit from the gift, the gift must be received. I said the gift must be received. Anybody in here glad that you have received the greatest gift that has ever been given? Now, if you're in here and you haven't received the gift, oh my, you're in the perfect spot to receive him today because when you talk about a cheerleading section, we're it. Is that right? Do we want everybody to receive the Lord? And there's no no reason to think, well, I, you know, everybody in here is already saved. Everybody uh, at some time had to respond somewhere, right? Nobody is okay without Jesus. Nobody's okay without him. Go with me to the book of Romans, if you would, the fifth chapter. Now, he, he mentioned Jesus being the gift God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. And in this gift, we see the next couple of verses that you may have eternal life. Eternal life. Now that's that's two things wrapped up in that phrase. That's life age after age is the exact definition of that. Life age after age. We call that eternity. Age after age, no end. But it's not just existing age after age. It is being alive with the God kind of life. You you don't want to exist in torment and pain indefinitely. You want to live. You want to be alive. Hallelujah. And experience life and peace and joy As God has it. As he is. Hallelujah. (laughs) The Bible tells us. If you read the back of the book. There's coming a time. When God's people will be able to experience. Fellowship directly with him. Without any, any, any disruption or break. And in the new heavens and new earth. No curse. No sorrow. No crying. No dying. Think about that. We've never been in a place like that. Is it true? It even says we won't even need a sun for light because the Lamb is the light. Wow. Well, if he can create this galaxy and this universe, then uh, he can certainly do that too, can he? In, In Romans 5, verse 14, notice this. Romans 5, 14, they've got it on the screen. He said, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude or likeness of Adam's transgression, who's a figure of him that was to come. But the gift, 
I'm reading the NIV, excuse me. NIV, but the gift is not like the trespass. Everybody say the gift. gift. Now you'll see why I'm reading this because he keeps talking about it. He keeps emphasizing it. Say it out loud, the gift. The gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Again, the gift. Everybody say the gift. The gift of God is not like the result of the one man's sin. The judgment followed the one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift. Oh, somebody say the gift, the gift. The gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Have you noticed a theme there, a theme? The gift, the gift, the gift, the gift, the gift. What's the emphasis? Emphasis. (laughs) The gift. And if you flip right over to the sixth chapter, maybe just next next door there, this is Romans 5, Romans 6.23. Again, I'm reading the NIV. What does it say? For the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. What is the gift? Jesus is the gift. What is in him, in the gift? Eternal life. Um, I I was, uh, some years ago, we had a pilot that we had, uh, hired to help us some, and he uh, he wasn't a believer, and um, he was doing some things that he shouldn't be doing. And uh, I know I was getting on the elevator uh, to go up to the room or something, and he was there, and and uh, he looked at me, and he'd just been doing something he shouldn't be doing, and and he looked at me kind of sheepishly, and and uh, I, I looked at him, I said, I said nobody's in hell, or will be in hell for doing that. And we mentioned other things, you know, wrong and sin. I said, nobody uh, is in hell for that. He looked at me. He said, what? What do you mean? I said, uh, the scripture tells us, Jesus said, that when the Spirit comes, that he will convict men of sin. And it just mentions this sin of not believing on him. The sin of not receiving the gift, the sin of not believing on him is what would cause people to be judged and be condemned and be lost. Because he has paid for all of the sins that you could imagine or or think of that people have done or could do. But it's it's the failure to receive the gift. Why wouldn't you receive the gift? Why wouldn't you? Well, just think of it naturally. If somebody's trying to offer you a gift, why wouldn't you uh, receive it? I know some years ago, I had a a man who was helping me, and he was doing a good job. And I had a watch that was the best watch I had ever owned. And uh, I felt impressed to give him that watch, sew that watch to him. And so uh, 
uh, on a day I saw him and I, I, I had it and had the box and everything. And I said, I want to, I'd like to give you this, this watch. He looked at me and he said, uh, I can't receive that. He said, that's an expensive watch. And I said, well, it's, you know, it's more than some, but you know, it's not costing you anything. So, uh, you know, here, here, would you receive it? He said, I can't, I, I can't wear a, a watch like that. I said, sure you can. You just take it and open it up, put it on, fasten it. You got it. He said, I can't, I, I just can't, I can't. I said, you, 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 you won't. He said, I, I can't, I just can't accept that. And he would not accept that from me. Well, you know, uh, among some primitive tribes, refusing a gift is like de- declaring war. <laughs> is that right? I mean, because it's like saying, uh, you, uh, your gift's not good enough for me. You're not good enough for me. I don't want anything from you. It, it has to do with a rejection. Why wouldn't you receive a gift is what I'm asking. And he didn't know it, but it, it aggravated me. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't let him know. But why? Well, he, he's acting like I didn't hear from God. Are you all with me? And he's denying me the harvest off of my seed. And, you know, that's just a watch. The Lord's offering more than a watch. Come on, can you see that? He's offering more than a house, more than a car. He's offering more than a billion dollars. He's offering eternal life. Woo. And, and, and what is crazy, insane, is that millions of people are saying, no thanks. I don't need that. I don't want that. I don't need God. Why wouldn't you receive a gift? Why wouldn't you receive a gift? Another thing is, you have to humble yourself to receive a gift. I've had people, there have been times, thinking of a man, this is lots of years ago now, I felt impressed to sow him some money. And uh, he said, uh, I, I don't need charity. And I said, well, I What's that got to do with anything? Felt impressed to sow a seed to you. He said, nah, I ain't going to be beholden to nobody. What, what does that mean? I, he, I, I, I feel like I would owe you. You don't owe me. It's not a loan. It's not a loan. It's a gift. Yeah, but I just always feel like I owed you. Well, just because you feel so, like something doesn't make it true. Just because you have some goofy ideas. Right? But what are we talking about now? Why wouldn't you receive a gift? Pride. Pride. I don't need it. I don't need it. I'm okay like I am. And see, that's what millions of people are telling God. I, I don't need this gift of salvation. I'm, you know, I don't claim to be a saint, but I'm not all that bad. I'm a pretty good person overall. No. And people have this idea, well, I hope when I die that I've done enough good stuff, you know, to get in. I hope so. I hope so. I hope I don't meet Peter at the pearly gates and him say, mm, man, you're about that much short. I'm sorry. You got to go the other way. But if you had just been a little better, well, uh, 
That is absolute fabrication. It's got nothing to do with reality. Nobody will be in heaven because they deserved to be. Or because they were good enough people. Because if they could get there by being good and because they deserved it, then they did it without Jesus. They, the, the gift that God gave was not needed for them, unnecessary for them. And that is rejection of the gospel. That's rejection of the word of God. None of us have been righteous enough or could be. In and of ourselves, all of us have come short of the glory of God. Is that right or not? All of us. All of us. The best person you've ever met is not good enough to be saved and make heaven on their own. There's all kind of things you don't even see. Motives of the heart. Huh? Intents of the heart. But God sees all. But no matter how badly you've missed it, no matter how far short you've come, that's why Jesus had to come. That's why there was no other way for people to be saved and no other name under heaven whereby men can be saved except through that name above all names, Yeshua, Jesus, the head of the church, the Christ. Can you say amen? Amen. Aren't you glad, church? That you are not acting a fool and saying, I don't want your gift. Huh? I don't need your gift. Yeah, you need the gift. Huh? Anybody says they don't is a first class fool. Hmm? That's not just my idea. The, The scripture said it's the fool that said in their heart, there's no God. And that's what people are acting like. How many would lift a hand and say, I know I need the gift. <laughs> I know I need. I know I need the gift. And those that have received, you can say, thank God, I have the gift. I have the gift. I have the gift. The wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God. Oh, the gift of God. Somebody say the gift of God. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Eternal life. Hallelujah. Go with me, if you would, over to the book of, uh, let's see, um, Matthew, the 16th chapter, Matthew 16. And verse 13, I'm not going to go a whole lot longer, but uh, how many would agree with me? What we're talking about right now, it doesn't get any more important than this. The decision you make about this is the most important thing you will ever do in this life. That is not an exaggeration. In Matthew 16, 13, when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, he said, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? He says, Who are they saying I am? And uh, they said, Well, some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah. Or some say you're one of the prophets. How many understand? If you try to figure out what something is by what they say, 
you're going to be confused. Because some say this. Some say that. Some say the other. Some say, well, well, who's right? God's right. The word is right. And uh, notice what he's in verse 15. He said to them, but whom say you that I am? He said, who do you say I am? And this is not something you can ride defense on. This is not something you can be neutral about. Because the Lord requires you to make a choice about do you believe that God gave the greatest gift that's ever been given to save you and the rest of mankind? And if you despise his gift, you despise him. The, the, some people try to say you can have God without Jesus. But that's not what the scripture says. First John says if you don't have the son, you don't have the father either. I'm quoting scripture, right? Jesus said, if you don't believe I'm the one, you will die in your sins. And people don't like it that narrow. They say, well, y'all are just narrow-minded. You got to be more inclusive, more inclusive. Well, there, Jesus said there's a broad way that's very inclusive. That's right. And it leads to destruction. That's right. We all are just narrow, narrow, and saved. There's a, Jesus said there's a straight way, a narrow way, and relatively few among the billions of the planet that find it, but it is the way of salvation because there is one way and one way only, and he is the one the children were portraying today. Hallelujah. Do you believe it's him? And he is the most wonderful. He did not come to judge. If he'd have wanted you judged, all he'd have had to do is not come. But the reason he came is so we wouldn't be judged. So we could be treated like we were not sinners. So we could be treated like we were righteous. We could be made an eternal part of God's forever family. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And he's asking you that today. Whether you're in the room, whether you're watching by internet, The Lord's asking you that. Who do you say that I am? You say, well, I don't know. Uh, Well, you just made a choice then. If you're saying, well, I, you know, who knows? Who knows? Then you're you're saying you don't believe he is the one. You're not convinced. You're not persuaded. It's a choice. And don't listen to your head. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. You don't believe with your head you believe with your heart and it's simply a choice if you shut off all the noise all the junk all the stuff that different people are saying and just check your heart get quiet just check your heart your heart knows that this is true hallelujah your heart knows that God is real he made you You came out of him. He gives you your every breath. He allows you conscious thought. His gravity is holding your feet on the ground. Your heart knows this. It's not something you figure out intellectually. It's a choice that you make. And old friend, when you choose to believe 
and you choose to receive, then you really begin to experience him and the reality of him. The more you reject him, the less you experience him. The more you believe in him, the more you experience him. The Lord even said in John 14, he said, if you, uh, if you love me, you'll keep my words and my commands and I'll show myself to you. I'll make myself real to you. Does that sound good to anybody? The, the master said, I'll show myself to you. I'll make myself real to you if you do what? If you, be, if you love him. How many know you'd have to believe on him? To love him. And then you love him enough to do what he tells you to do. If you do that, he's going to become more real to you than he is to most people on the planet. Hallelujah. Who do you say I am? Peter looks at him and says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my father, which is in heaven. Who is he? Who is he? Is he the Christ? The anointed one, the redeemer. Is he the son of the living God? Is he your Savior? Is he? Only if you've received him. Is he? When did you receive him? Where did you receive him? I know when I did. Anybody here know when you received him? Do you? I remember when when I did. My uh, little brother who was only about, uh, oh, what would he have been, 12 years old or so, was riding a little motorcycle, got out on a dirt road, and a truck hit him uh, head on with no helmet. And um, they didn't expect him to live the next couple of hours. But they got him to an emergency room at a, a little country hospital there and they said it was too much for them I mean his face was shattered his teeth were knocked out and I mean it uh, found out later his neck was broken I mean well he he hit a truck with his head and um, they finally got him to uh, the larger hospital an hour away and were astounded that he was still alive and they actually had had some crimes committed locally, and um, there were some gunshot wounds and knife wounds, and they actually decided those people were more likely they could save than him. So he continued uh, waiting even after he got there. But there was a, a woman who knew my an aunt of mine who was a strong believer in God and miracles, and she came to us and told us that if we would trust God, he would heal uh, my brother, their their child. And, uh, of course, you know, people sometimes talk about they don't believe in miracles. When you need one, you'll want to believe in one. Is that right? And so we did. She prayed, and we didn't argue with it, and we did everything we knew how to believe. And the Lord's my witness, the next day, the next afternoon, I was pushing him down the hall in a wheelchair, and we were laughing. Astounding. Now, they had his, face, they had his mouth wired up, and, but he's alive and conscious. And okay, I mean, just, just a miracle, just a miracle. Well, 
When we went home, my grandmother, who's a strong believer for uh, all, all the time I knew her, uh, she was secretary and treasurer and Sunday school teacher at the local church there for multiple generations. I don't know how many years. And actually and knew God, actually had visions and dreams too. And uh, she called us to come to her house when we came home from the hospital with my brother. And so we came up there. And she looked at us and with tears in her eyes. She said, uh, God has spared our baby. Talking about my brother, her grandchild. And uh, she said, I told him that if he would spare him, you all would serve him. Did I lie? Because <laughs> my, my, my dad, my mom hadn't been going to church. And uh, my dad looked down. He said, no, ma'am, you didn't lie. And that was Saturday. Sunday morning, we were in church at, at, at a good Baptist church there locally. And when the altar call was given, my daddy got up and got in the aisle and got himself down to the altar. And when he did, I, I thought my dad hung the stars and moon. I thought, well, I was about 13 years old. I thought, well, if he needs to go, I probably need to go. I got up and followed him and knelt down in that altar and received the gift. Oh, somebody say, receive the gift. And, and one of the, you may think this is, is interesting, but one of the, the ways that I noticed something had happened to me, because the Bible said when, you, when you're born again, the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. I, the next Monday, I'm back in school. What was it, junior high, whatever it was, I, I was back in school. And I was amazed as I looked around at the people I didn't like. And they were okay today. I looked at, you know, you know, old Mr. So-and-so who was so grouchy. And, and old Mrs. So-and-so who, was, who we didn't like. And I thought, well, they're okay. <laughs> and I looked at people that maybe... The, and I thought, what has changed? Things have changed around here. These people are okay. These people, what, what had happened? I had changed. The love of God in me, and we should never suppress that. We should never push that down, should we? We should let that love dominate us and govern us and keep that fresh, rich, strong love that you experience when you're first born again. You're supposed to have that your whole existence. It's still there. You may, you just may have pushed it down some, overridden it some. It's still there. Let it come up. Let it come back out. But I, my dad got up and went down to the front and received the gift. And he served the Lord till his going home. And uh, I received the Lord. And I'm going to serve the Lord until my going home. How about you? Uh, I received the gift. Somebody say, receive the gift. Receive the gift. Everybody must receive this gift or be lost. Be lost for eternity. A lot of times when people die, folks act like everybody that dies goes to heaven. And they say, well, they're in a better place. Are they? Are they? According to who? Did they receive the gift? Or did they think they were good enough on their own? Did they reject the gift and they're still okay? Now, see, that's what people, you know, that's, that's popular. That's, uh, 
not offensive, that's inclusive, but is it true? Is it true? If you believe the Bible, it's not true. In closing, Matthew 18, Jesus had a, a, a little child to come and stand among them. Matthew 18, 3. He said, I tell you the truth. Unless you change and become like little children, I'm reading the NIV, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Mark 10, 15 in the NIV says it like this. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom. Everybody say receive. Receive. Receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter in. How, how do you enter in? Well, you're saved by grace. Grace is what God has given you. Through faith. That's how you received it. Not of works. Lest you should, uh, you should boast. Gifts have to be given to be available to be received. But no matter how graciously and freely the gift is given, you won't enjoy it, you won't experience it, unless what? Unless what? Unless you receive it. That brother that I tried to give that watch to, he never received that watch. And in my mind, it was his watch. But he never enjoyed it one day. Why? Why? Not because I didn't want him to have it. Not because it wasn't available. It was paid for. No payments on it. No, no strings attached. Right? How much more can you hear the heart of God reaching out to the world? Receive my gift. Don't die lost. Don't live lonely and bleak and defeated. Receive the gift. Receive eternal life. Don't live with no sense of value and worth. Receive the gift. Be made righteous. Be made clean. Be made holy. Receive the gift. Somebody say receive the gift. Receive the gift. What does it mean? Become like a little child and receive the kingdom of God. Well, children are good receivers. Little ones we're talking about. Little ones. I mean, uh, a number of you are going to open Christmas presents on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning or whatever your tradition is. And the little ones, I'm not, I'm not talking about older now, little ones like you saw uh, up here today, especially the smallest ones. When you talk about their gifts and you say, little one, this is your gift, they will not back off in a corner and say, oh, no, I can't. Oh, no. Oh, no, that's too much for me. I'm, will they? Will little ones do that? Are you kidding me? No. No. Huh? Will little ones back off? And you got the big box sitting there with the bow, got their name on it. Will they back off in the corner and say, I'm not worthy? I'm not worthy. No, you have to grow up and learn all that junk. Huh? About the unworthy and... No, what will they do? I mean, the moment they realize it's their gift and available to them, the paper will fly. Is that right? There's ripping and there's tearing, and you better watch them. They'll open your gift too. Why? Little ones are great receivers. They won't reject the gift. 
They're not too proud to receive the gift. Hmm? They don't even think about it. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Yes, yes, it's mine. Yes, I'll receive. Yes. Can you do that with God? Can you be? Because before him, you really are a little child. That's not a figure of speech. It's because compared to him, we're little children. But he's offering us the gift of Jesus, the greatest gift ever given. He's offering us the gift of forgiveness, the gift of salvation and cleansing, the gift of eternal life. How many receivers do I have in the house? Come on, I want to stand on your feet. Thank you, Lord.